We're towards the end of the parak. The last thing we discussed last week was the manager says that when Bilam came to curse the Jews, so he saw that there were all the, the piles of foreskins that were buried under the under the under the ground in the desert, and he said, "How can I curse them? Me, Mana, Afar, Yaakov, who's going to be able to count?" The dirt of Yaakov, I can't curse them. They have the schus of the mitzvah of bris milah, so I can't curse them. Like where the general discussion is the the ten tests of Avram Avinu. We're talking about the test of bris milah, and then we went off on a whole tangent for like two weeks about bris milah in general. Right. So basically, the manager said what was that the the Jews in the midbar in the desert, they when they did bris milah. So they put the orla, they put the foreskin underground. They buried it in the dirt. So says the Medrash, Mikan Amru Chachamim, from here, the, the sages say, Machasinus Erlas Hadom Ba'afar Ha'aretz. We cover the foreskin and the blood of the foreskin in the, the dirt of the land. We cover it in dirt. Vuloi Oid. And not only that is the reason for covering the foreskin with dirt. Also, because of the fact that the Jews are compared to the dirt of the land, that's why we put the foreskin in the dirt. Shinema, it says in the Pasuk, Hashem told the Abbas that their, their descendants, their seed is going to be like the dirt of the land, that it's going to be so multiplied. That's what the measure says right Now, there's an interesting idea over here that the Radal brings. That the minig, there were two. There used to be two ancient minhagim about what to do with the foreskin of the bris milah after the bris milah. Our this medrash is is reflecting the minig of the people in Eretz Yisrael. The minig in Eretz Yisrael was to put it in the dirt, but he brings from other sources. There's a sefer that talks about the minhag, the difference between the minhagim of Eretz Yisrael and Babel, all the way back from the time of the Ga'inim right after the time of the Gemara, where it says that the minig in the Mizrach, in Bavel, the minig was that they, did it, they put it in water. That they would specifically do the bris milah on top of like water, and then the blood would go into the water, and they would cover up the, the, the orla with the water. That's what they would do. They would put it in water, not in, not in dirt. So I think, if I'm not mistaken, it could be that the Sephardim do that, um, even nowadays, or some Sephardim do that nowadays, I'm not sure. But the Beis Yosef in the Hilchas Mila brings down B'Shem the Sefer Amanig, that brings down this Pekah Debeliezer, and bring, they bring down the Tumen Hagim, that some people put the Orla in dirt, and some people put it in water, and they say, okay, so in order to be Mekayim, both of these, in order to fulfill both of these minhagim, or both of these ideas, what we do is, we put it in sand. Why sand? Because sand is sort of the border between the waters and the, the dry land. By the beach, by the ocean. So sand is, 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 it has, in a way, it's like properties of water, and in a way it has the properties of dirt. So we put it dafka in the sand. I think that's taka what the, what the, what the minhag is nowadays, they, they put the oil in the sand. They came to the beach? No, no, no. The, 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 the male usually comes, the part of his brisket. He has a brisket. He has a, he has like a thing of sand. What? And then they bury, then they bury it afterwards. 
Fine. And also he brings that the Balaturim and Parshas Balak on that passage. Me mona offer Yaakov. He says the offer is gematria orla b'chol. That the orla goes into the sand. So you see that also the Rishanim had this idea of putting the orla into the sand. Right. V'kach. Okay, so now we're going back to the topic of Brismil in general. V'kach hayu Yisrael nehugin lamu. And so Klal Yisrael had this minig to do a bris milah. They fulfilled this commandment for generations and generations. Interestingly, the Radal brings that in the Zoyar it says that in the time of Sisra, which is in the book of Judges, in the time of um, Devorah the judge, so it says that, that in the time of Sisra, Sisra made exer that they're not allowed to do bris milah, or they're not allowed to do um, priya, which is a step of bris milah. But here it sounds like you know they continue doing bris milah for generations and generations. Until the time in history when the Klal Yisrael was split into two kingdoms. And the kingdom of Ephraim, they withheld the, the fulfillment of the, of the commandment of bris milah from the Jews. They said you're not allowed to do it anymore. The kingdom of Ephraim. So... To, to, uh, there's a big, there's a big radal over here. If you look, Rabbi Rabbi Epstein, you'll see. Look, look at Eis Munhei in the radal. It's a big one. He says a lot of very interesting ideas, and and it really helps to understand exactly what what's happening over here, and more or less to the rest of the parak. So I want to take a take a break from here for a, for a few minutes and go into a whole introduction to this idea, and then we can understand a lot of what the radal says. And a lot of, of small points that I don't necessarily agree fully, fully with what the Radal says, but you can you will be able to understand what, what the topic is happening over here, and then we'll be able to plug in what the Radal says to the rest of the pack. This introduction is based on a lot of Kabbalah and a lot of Bachshava that I received from, from my Rebbeim and from other sources in Sfarim that I've learned a lot from Elio Margolis, a lot from Rav Meshe Shapiro and uh, Talmidim of Rav Meshe Shapiro and other such sources put together. Some of these ideas we spoke about before, so I'm not. But kids, are, we'll start like this. We've, we've said before that we say Avram, Yitzhak and Yaakov are correspond to the Midas of Chesed, Gvorah and Tiferes. Right? Avram Avinu, his Midah was Chesed. He went and he was always giving, giving off from himself for other people. That's the Midah of Chesed. The, 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 the idea of Chesed is when we focus on the person who's giving off Shefa, the person who's giving off influence, or the person who's giving off benefits to others, when we focus on the giver, so that's called Chesed. So Avram Avinu is the paragon of Chesed. Yitzchak, on the other hand, is the paragon of Gvura. The Indian of Gvura is, in one way, is the holding back of giving Shefa, of, of influence, is not giving to other people, holding oneself back. The other Nukuda is of Gvura is when you focus on, not on the giver, but on the receiver. When you look at the receiver, we, we, we've said before that when we focus on the giver, so the giver is giving no matter what. Whether you deserve it, whether you don't deserve it, the giver is giving. When we're foc- that's when you focus on the giver. When you're focusing on the receiver, so first you've got to look at the receiver and say, is this receiver worthy of receiving what we want to give him or not? And if he's worthy, we give it to him, and if he's not worthy, we don't give it to him. The, these two terms are also called, um, chesed and gvor are also called rachamim and din. 
Rachamim is where you're, where you're getting that Shefa even though you don't deserve it and Din is where you're getting the Shefa only when you deserve it those are two Hanhagas the third Hanhaga is Yaakov Avinu Yaakov Avinu is called Tiferes Tiferes is the intermediate some, somewhere between Chesed and Gvur it's the perfect blend of Chesed and Gvur together that makes Tiferes that's the idea of Tiferes and we say that Yaakov Avinu is Yaakov is Bechir Ha'avas the choicest of, of, the, of the forefathers of Avram Mitzvah and Yaakov so Yaakov is like the, you know, the I can't say he's the most important but he's the chosen one of the three where do, we, where do we see this brought out, the idea brought out that Yaakov is the, the more chosen one of the others? So it's brought out in their descendants. If you look at the descendants of, of Avram and Yitzchak and compare them with the descendants of Yaakov. Avram Avinu, because, not to say that, that this was a, a fault of Avram Avinu, chas v'shalom, but to, the, if, when you focus just on chesed, so you can have a misrepresentation of chesed. And we said that chesed is when you focus on the, the giver and the giver is just giving away no matter what. Right? So Avram Avinu's son, Yishmael, continued in that path, but in a pathological, so to speak, way, in, a, in an evil way. He was focusing on the giver and he gave as much as he can. And what do we know? Yishmael is, Yishmael is associated with, specifically with the Aver of Znus, with Arias, with Znus, with Niuf. That's the idea of Yishmael. Because we've spoken about before that Gilearius is, is, in a way, is chesed. The Torah says in Parshas Acharemis, it says that um, when a person lives with his, with his sister, so it's a chesed, and he, was, and he revealed his, her nakedness. Why is it called chesed? Because, because the, it was focusing on the giver, and the giver was giving no matter what. That happened to be that he gave to somebody who wasn't, who wasn't supposed to be giving to that person. He was giving to the wrong person. So his, his giving was just, it was, it was unbound giving, and it, it was much, it was, it, it was in, the wrong, in the wrong type of situation. So that's Yishmael. So Avram of United Son Yishmael. So Avram's path, if you follow, follow Avram's path completely, you, 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 you only get chesed, unpar- un, un unbound chesed and then you know, you're just you can have you can also have Yishmael come out of that fine so then you have Yitzchak so Yitzchak's idea was holding back not not giving the the, the shefa focusing on you know that holding holding himself in right so what do you get from that you get Yitzchak's son Esau right the opposite of of going out is is let's say holding yourself back and then taking things away from people instead of giving to them you're taking from them what did Esau do? he went around killing people and doing all kinds of stuff like that so that's Esau so we find that Avram and Yitzchak they, their descendants weren't, weren't, weren't up to the level Avram was chesed and then he had a son Yishmael who was like evil chesed so to speak and Yitzchak was gvura and then he had a son Esau who was evil gvura who was, Yit- who was Yitzchak? Yeah. But, right, but, but, but it's not, that's not Avram's path. It's not, that's not Avram himself's Mida. It's a different Mida. That Yitzchak worked on himself and came to a different path in Avedis Hashem. You're going to say the same thing about Ishmael. It wasn't Avram's Mida, and he was like, you know, Okay, you could say that. But this, this, this is what it seems from, 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 what, I, from what I was macabre from, my, from my teachers. The wrong way. Like it says, like, like a. 
the, the bus call when, uh, when uh, Shmuel Navi was thinking about walls, this guy is in Azmuni, anyone the, about Dovid Melech, and the bus call says, look, it looks like Esau, but Esau chose the wrong path. This guy is going to kill only if Sanhedrin tells him to kill. Right. Right? So? Yeah, it could be. Shmuel could have turned out to be a good guy if he ever chose. Yishmael could have turned out to be a good good guy if he would have channeled his his connection to the Midah of Chesed in the proper way. Oh, so so the whole yeah, from Rashi, it sounds like he became a tzaddik. Yishmael, yeah, I, I know. It, and it doesn't say he became a tzaddik. It says that he did tshuva. Okay, yeah, you're right. That does say that. Could be that, that just means relatively c- compared to what Yishmael was beforehand. It could be. But so that's the that's the Yishmuel and Esav. Like one way to bring out the point is, is the Medrash that says that when Hashem came to the different nations of the world, they asked him, "You want to accept the Torah?" So he went to Yishmuel, and Yishmuel said, "What does it say in the Torah?" So Yishmuel, so Hashem said, oh, "It says in the Torah, right, enough, right, not to commit adultery." And they said, "Well, there is a girsa that says Leitigno, but one girsa of the of the story says that he said to Bnei Yishmuel, "Lois enough," and they said, "No, no, no, that's not for us." <coughs> he went to Bnei Esav. This all the girls say this part. Rashi yeah, Rashi. One second. Look at Baramuz after Sifshe Chum. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, the tzaddikim. Aha. Okay. I hear. I hear. I mean, I, look. It's it, it's hard to say that Yishmael became a tzaddik, or an actual tzaddik. I think it just means that he beca- it was a tzaddik as opposed to the earlier part of his life. That's what I would. That's what I would say. Okay, I'll compare him. So, so the manager says that he want, Hashem went to Bnei Esav and he asked him, "We want to accept the Torah." So he said, "No, was it saying it?" So they said, "It says don't murder." And they said, "Oh, that's not for us. We, you know, we we we're murderers. That's what we do." Right. So you see that Yishmael has a special kasher to the avera of Niuf of uh, Gilei Arayas, and Esav has a special kasher to the the, the avera of Ritzicha of murder. It happens to be that somebody once asked me a few years back, said, look, look, look at the world nowadays. Nowadays it looks like it's the exact opposite. I said, look, in the Muslim world, they're the ones doing the murder. And in the Western world, they're the ones doing the, the immorality. So how could that be? The murder is just saying that that's the opposite. Yishmael is doing the immorality and Esau is doing the murder. Right? Yishmael is like the Muslim world and Esau is the Western, Western culture, the Roman, whatever. He says, how could that be? That's what someone asked me once. So I don't know if there's a real answer, but I answered him like half in jest. I said like this. I think I said this once, no? I said, I said, why are the Muslims killing people? Because they believe that if they kill someone and they go to heaven, so they're going to get 70 virgins. Which is really a mistake. It's really supposed to be 70 white grapes. I don't know that's what they say. White what? White grapes. I don't know, that's what's... Still... Yeah, I'm saying, but, but they're doing their murder so that they can do the Gilead, so that when they go to their heaven, they can get their Gilead Arias. Yeah. And then on the other side, it's like, and, and the Western world, why are they doing their Gilead Arias? So they can kill the babies. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Can I answer something that the Arabs have much higher Gilead Arias in the Western world, just they have it under the carpet. No, I said that as a joke because I'm trying yeah. to say like. No, but it's not so much. You know, it's just like that. Okay, yeah, I'll tell you later. Okay. The rice by the Arabs are ten times worse than the Western. Yeah, there's this random that says that. It, it says that even though the Arabs look like they're very tsunua, but they're really. It's a joke. Yeah. yeah. Everyone who knows that Arab culture is either the worst people in this uh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Al Kapun, so, so that's what we got from Avram and Yitzhak. When you have just Chesed and just Kavura, so you have Avram who give birth to Yishmael and Yitzhak who give birth to Esau. But when we have Yaakov Avinu, who's the, the idea of Tiferes, which is what we said the perfect balance between Chesed and Gvura, the middle, so what, what happened to Yaakov Avinu's children? They were all, Chazal tells us, his bed was complete. Right? Yaakov Avinu's bed was complete. He was, he, none of his kids were, went off the derech. They were all good kids. Another, another point is like this. My Rebbe Magol is actually, I just heard this again from him this week. It says, we can compare what Chazal tells us about Avram and Yitzchak with what it says about Yaakov Avinu. When, in regards to how they looked at the Beis HaMikdash. Chazal tells us that Avram Avinu called the place of the Beis HaMikdash a har, a mountain. Uh, we spoke about in Parak Hay exactly what a mountain has to do with the idea of Chesed. Well, I don't want to get into that exactly right now. Yitzchak, Chazal tells us, he called the place of the Beis HaMikdash a sada, a field. Why? Why a field? So I wanted to say, I, I just came up with this recently. Why does Yitzchak call it a field? Because Yitzchak has to do with Gevura, we said before. And, and when we said Gevura means a focus on the receiver. Yeah? Now, the Gemara says that a field is called Stehabal. Uh, a field that receives water from the rain is called Stehabal. It's the Gemara in the beginning of Moed Katan. Bezim and Aleph. Mamish in the beginning, first page. Moed Katan. Says, why is a field called the field of a of a bow of a husband? Literally means a husband because it says that the field is the is can be in a way it's the wife of the rain because the rain is the shefa that comes from above and comes down and waters the field and then the field receives it. So the field is the receiving end of the shefa. So that's why Yitzchak called the basic English the field because that's what he identified himself with the field, right? So that that so Yitzchak called called the Beis HaMikdash a field. Now, so Avram called it a mountain, Yitzhak called it a field. What's the, what's the common denominator between these two terms? Common denominator is that a field and a mountain are unrestricted. There's no boundaries. A mountain, is, it's open. There's, it's an open area. On the other hand, Yaakov Avinu, he says, that the Beis HaMikdash is basically Kim. It's the house of Hashem. What's a house? A house is, has, it has walls. It's, it's, it's inside. It's, everything is stuck inside. It's, it's, it has parameters. It's mugdar. It's, you know, it, it, it's not open. Right? So, the, so that's the difference he wanted to say between Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov. Avram and Yitzhak, they had, Avram had har, which is chesed. It was, it was open chesed with no boundaries. And Yitzhak had Gvura, which is a sada, an open sada without any boundaries. But Yaakov Avinu had a heart, had a bias. He, he was, it, was, it was a structure which, which had four walls, and it was what, what exactly his midah was, was clearly defined, and it, it was restricted in a way. Fine. So that's Yaakov Avinu. Now, the Indian of Yaakov Avinu was, as we said before, that Yaakov Avinu was mitos shlema, that he, all his descendants... They were, they were all following his path. As opposed to Avram and Yitzhak, where we see that his descend, the descendants sort of followed their path and then found it in an, even an evil way. Right? So, by Yaakov Avinu, it was, it was <coughs> brought into the reality another concept called the concept of Netzach Yisrael. The eternalness of Bnei Yisrael. The eternalness of Bnei Yisrael means that 
that everyone who's going to be a descendant of Yaakov Avinu is going to have a certain part of his neshama which is always going to be completely pure and, and can never be tainted. It's called the, 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 the Sfarim called the Nukudas Apnim or the Pintel the Yid that you find in a lot of people even like the worst people who go off the Tarek and they're mamish secular and leftists or whatever but they always have that certain, that certain Jewish spark inside of them. I don't know. But the, the, the point is that that's something we find by, Christ, by Yaakov Avinu and his descendants. Chazal tells us, Yisrael, Afal Pishachata Yisrael. A Jew, even if he does a Vera, he's always a Yisrael. We use specifically the term of Yaakov, the, the name for Yaakov Avinu, Yisrael. Yisrael, Afal Pishachata Yisrael. He's always going to be c- containing that, that, that little point inside of him. Now, that's the idea of. Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov and Tiferes, the, the, the concept of Chesed Gvura Tiferes. Now, the truth is that there is one way to destroy this eternal Jewish spark in a person, to get rid of it. How do you get rid of it? Yeah, how do you destroy a person's Jewishness as a descendant of Yaakov Avinu? The way to destroy it is by marrying a non-Jewish woman. If a Jew, a Jewish man marries a non-Jewish woman and has a child with her, so he took his seed, put it into a, a non-Jewish woman, and the kid is going to be non-Jewish. He destroyed the continuation of Kali in that in that way. That's the only way to destroy what Yaakov Avinu has built, by marrying a non-Jewish woman. So now, the question is, do, do, did Kali Yisrael could Chal Yisrael manage to defeat such a concept in order to continue to exist? That's the only thing that could stop it from existing. So will we be able to overcome such a, such a let's say, such a test, such a sign? And the answer is the next Midah, of, the Midah of Yisrael, which is the Midah of Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik was confronted with this situation and he was able to hold himself back and not do it. Aishas Paitifar wanted to live with him and have kids with him and Yosef Tzadik was able to hold himself back and not, and not be with Aishas Paitifar because he wanted to Dafka marry somebody who he was supposed to marry and be able to continue the, the tradition of Yaakov Avinu and, and, the, and the eternalness of Kal Yisrael. So that's what we call Midas HaYisoyed. The idea of Yisoyed is very similar to Tiferes. That Tiferes is a, a it's, 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 the, it's a perfect balance between Chesed and Gvur. So you said there's also that balance between Chesed and Gvur. The only difference is that the, you, the idea of Yisrael is a special focus on making sure that the Shafa goes to the right place. The, the influence coming from the giver goes to the right type of receiver at the right, at the right moment. It's, in a way, it's hard to, be, to, to, to exactly define the difference between this and Gvur, but this is the idea of Yisrael. Chazal tell us that Yaakov, it says in Apostle in Ovadia, it says that base Yaakov is fire, base Yosef is lehava, base Yaakov is ish, base Yosef is lehava, which is a flame, and base Yosef is a cash, it's going to be straw, and they're going to burn it up, and, and, and Yaakov and, and Yosef together are going to burn up the straw. So what, what does that mean that base Yaakov is a fire, and base Yosef is a lehava? What's a lehava? What's a flame as opposed to a fire? So my Rebbe explained that the, a, fa- a flame is the power of, inside a fire to be able to continue. 
The flame is the ability to, to create another fire from this fire to, and make another generation of fires. That's the flame. So what Yosef did was Yosef took what, Avra, what Yaakov Avinu had built, the bias that Yaakov Avinu had built, and was able to, as the flame, serve as the one who brought it to the next generation. He made sure that it didn't get lost. He brought it, he brought it over. That's the idea of Yusayd. That's the meat of Yosef. It's called Yusayd of Yosef. That, that's, the, that's the topic over here. Now, it's known from, there's a Kabbalah from the Arizal. The Arizal writes that during the weeks of Shmois Va'era Boy Bishalach Yisrael Mishpatim, known as the weeks of Shaivavim, so it's a special school for a person to fix up any mistakes that he's done in, in this realm, in the realm of what he calls Yusayd. So they put up signs in your shrine, Tikuna Yusayd, fixing up the Midah of Yusayd, the Midah of Yosef Atzadik, which that goes back to all different types of things, the Hilchas Nida, and Shalom Bayis, and Shmir Sinai, and these type of things. P- fixing up the idea of Yusayd, of making sure that the right Hashpa, the right Shafa, goes to the right place. They also call it Pagama Bris. That, that's, a, that, that's the idea over here. We're making sure that you're going to help ensure the continuation of Kali Yisrael and not ruin the continuation of Kali Yisrael. Period. Okay, that was, that was the introduction today to, 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 to what we're going to speak about. Now, the Radal brings like, now we, we said like this, that Kali Yisrael continued to be Noyeg, the Mitzvah of Bris Mila, until the kingdom was split into two, and the kingdom of Ephraim stopped them from doing Bris Mila. So what, what's it talking about over here? So Radal brings a Zayar. The Zayar says, about Shlomo Melch. Wait, we know when they came into, you know, we know briefly, you know, a little bit of Jewish history. They came into Eretz Yisrael, and there was a period of the Shaftim, and then David Melch came and established the kingdom, and then came his son Shlomo Melch. Right now, Shlomo Melch, I'm, lear- I'm, I'm learning Sefer Melachim now, and I'm having more of an appreciation of who Shlomo Melch was, and and you can understand the, the greatness of, of Shlomo Melch. But like a lot of characters in Tanakh. Shlomo Melech was what we can call a, a tragic character. All the greatness and all the potential, everything, at the end of the day, was, there was something, something wrong happened and it was all lost. That, that, that's one, that's the, the tragedy of Shlomo Melech, that it was all lost, in a way. So what, what, what did Shlomo Melech do wrong? And, 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 what, what, and what did he lose exactly? So the Zayar says that the problem with Shlomo Melech was that he was Pagim is bris, that he made a blemish in his bris mila, so to speak, and by marrying these, all these non-Jewish women, right, he had 700 wives and 300 concubines, etc., and all, they were all foreign women, so that, that was the problem of Shlomo Melch, that so to speak, that, that he was Pagim in this idea of Yisrael, of the Hemshech of Kal Yisrael. So the Mida Kinegin Mida was that Hashem gave him a punishment. Shlomo Melech, you, you, you sort of slighted the continuation of Kali Yisrael, so I'm going to slight the continuation of your kingdom. In your lifetime, you're going to be king. But after you die, when your son becomes king, he's not going to be the same level of king as you were. You were king over all of Kali Yisrael, your son is only going to be king of two, of two Shvatim, of Yehuda and Benjamin. And the rest of Kali Yisrael is going to be, they're going to, they're going to have their own king. It's going to split off into two kingdoms. Right? And that's Sefer, Sefer Malachim talks about the Rechavam, who was the son of Shlomo, he became a king. And then you know, at the same time that he was becoming king, Yeravam ben Navat, he made a rebellion and started his own kingdom and split Kali Yisrael into two. 
right? Why did why did the Malchus go to Yeravim ben Avat? The, the Radal doesn't say this point, but I would say because Yeravim ben Avat was from Shevet Ephraim, and Ephraim is one of the sons of Yosef Atzadik. Yosef Atzadik was the one who perfected this mida of 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 keeping truth. Keeping, keeping genuine to the continuation of Kali Yisrael. So it's befitting that Yeravah Menavat was going to be the one who, if Hashem is going to take away part of the Machos from Machos based on it, to give it to someone from Ephraim. That, that's the way I understood it. Fine. Yeah. So we said that when Machos Ephraim came, in, came, so they stopped Kali Yisrael from being Mekayim in the midst of Brismila. So what does that mean? What? What he said right now. Oh, no, so, no so, so, so what does that mean? So the Radal explains that, okay, first of all, you have to understand that when Yeravim ben Nevat became king, he was doing it with the Nevuah of Achia Hashilaini, everything was, so to speak, kosher v'yosher, this is exactly what Hashem wanted. The problem was that, you know, they say that power corrupts, and absolute power absolutely corrupts. That's, a, that's, a, that's the expression they say. So after Yeroham ben Avat became king, he became very powerful, and he became that the power corrupted him. It went to his head, and he started becoming paranoid, and he started doing all kinds of funny things. And he didn't want the Jews to go to Yerushalayim anymore because he was paranoid that then that then they might they might go back to the kingdom of Yerushalayim of Machus based on it. So he stopped them going to Yerushalayim, and he made then he made his own his his own um, idols that they should worship instead of worshiping in Yerushalayim. So Yeroham ben Avat sort of went off afterwards. After he became king. So the Radal wants to say that Yeroham ben Nevat, one of the things that he did was he got Bnei Israel to stop doing the bris milah. What exactly this has to do with the Zorah or whatever, we'll explain that in a moment. But that, that's what the Radal says. That, that what the Medrash here is saying is that Yeroham ben Nevat got them to stop doing bris milah. Now, I want to slightly argue with, with the Radal and say that no, that's... I didn't get it, sorry. What? Oh. I don't get it either. I, I'm, I'm not sure. It, I have, a, I, I have what I, what I consider. Okay, so I'm paranoid, so I'm going to prevent you from being Jew, so you're not going to, you know, betray me and go to another kingdom. So you better be, you know. No. So, so one of the things that he did for some. Oh, I, okay. It doesn't. I, I don't understand it exactly either. But for some reason, Yeravim Ben Avat decided. That if he stops the Jews from doing bris milah, so then you know that'll somehow make his kingdom stronger. So he's somehow he got that, that impression. I, I don't understand that either. I I, don't, I disagree with this point in the Radal. I would tell I would say that no. Yeravim ben Avat, we find Yeravim ben Avat, we find different things that Chazal said about him that he was a chayte machtes rabim. He sinned and he caused other people to sin, but we don't necessarily say that he actually did what's called avoid zara. And therefore, there's, the way we're going to explain it, there's no reason to say that he actually got Bnei Yisrael to stop doing bris milah. So I want to say Yeroman Ben Avad is not really the guilty party over here. And, and also the continuation of what we're going to speak about in the parak. It doesn't sound like the Medrash over here is criticizing Yeroman Ben Avad. It, it seems like, the way I understand it, it's criticizing Achav. Now Achav was a few generations after Yeroman Ben Avad. He was also from Ephraim. He was from he was the king he was the king of of, of Machus Yisrael, and he was from Shevet Ephraim as well. Not from the same dynasty as Yeravim. There were a few other. Yeravim put up uh, idols. And yes. Oh, so that's the thing. Yeravim put up two golden calves that people should worship. One in Basel and one in Don that people should worship. But the Mefarshim stopped short of calling it a Zar. The way they understand it is 
that it was really a form of deviant worship of Hashem. He said, worship Hashem through this calf, as opposed to saying, worship a different deity. You're right. It, in, it, at the end of the day, it's technically a Zara, but it's not as bad as what we're going to see with Ahav. Okay. I don't even know if it was Shitov. It, it was even, could be it was even lower than Shitov. I'm not saying that Hashem doesn't have power and there's someone else besides Hashem who has power. I'm saying that the way for you to worship Hashem is instead of going to Yerushalayim and sacrificing over there, is by you know, sacrificing in front of this, this calf. That's what your album said. I saw this with Joshua Mazoy for Pakistan. Yeah. Well, what are you saying? Read the Medrash when it says, Umafus Ephraim, Manamiyam, and Samili was talking about Achav. Yes, that's what I want to say. That's exactly what I want to say. I want to say when, it's, when the Medrash says over here, that Malchus Ephraim stopped them from doing Brismila, it's talking about Achav. Sounds like uh, Yosef then was putting him in the Brismila because they're from Yosef. Well, what did you do then? No, I'm saying that's a diff- they're, they're different people, it's generations later, but. It's, it's the people that you would have expected shouldn't do it, even they were the ones that did it. That, that's how you would have to say it. It sounds like in Yehuda, the situation was better than no? It could be in this regard, yeah. Uh, why do I want to say that we're talking about Achav? So, for one example is like, one, one point is like this. That the, the Ramchal writes, the Ramchal writes that Achav was supposed to be Mashiach ben Yosef. The way I understood it, I have a whole riches about this elsewhere, but the, the Gemara, there's a lot of people that say a lot of things like, oh, this guy, he was supposed to be Mashiach, he could have been Mashiach, this guy is Mashiach. Where, 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 where do these ideas come from? So there's a Gemara in Mesach Sanhedrin, the Gemara says that Chizkiyahu Melech could have been Mashiach, but since he didn't sing Shira after Hashem miraculously defeated the Assyrian army at, 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 when they sieged Jerusalem, so because he didn't say Shira, so he, he lost and he, he, then he wasn't Mashiach. But the, the, that's the only place where Chazal tells us this person could have been Mashiach, but then he wasn't. Fine. But I, I always had a question. So if he's going to be Mashiach bin David, who would have been Mashiach bin Yosef? But, so the Ramchal says that Achav, who is from Ephraim, he, he had the potential to be Mashiach bin Yosef. He was going to be Mashiach bin Yosef. And I guess like, that's working with the Gemara that says that Chizkiyo Malach would have been Mashiach bin David. And they would, the two would have been together. Right? Achav was killed. He was killed. Because Achav ruled over the whole world. No? Yeah. Right. He was successful in battle. He did all the things which Mashiach has to do. Right. So, so what does Ramchal say? So, where did Achav go wrong that he couldn't be Mashiach ben Yosef? So, Ramchal says that because Achav, the Radal doesn't bring this. This is my own. I'm bringing this. The, the Ramchal says that because Achav was playing his bris, he made a blemish in his bris milo by marrying Izevel. So, therefore, he lost it. Meaning, the way I understand it is because. We we took it we took away the partially the machos from Shlomo Malach because he was he did this avera we gave it to Yisrael which you know machos Ephraim is like the spitz Yisrael Ephraim whether technically it was originally Yeruvah Menavat but now we're talking about a different machos Ephraim of Achav and he was expected to to, to, to not be chayitei that because he's from Yosef that, that's what we expect from him. But he was chayte in it, and that's why he, he, he lost everything from him. He was killed, and, or he was killed in the war with, 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 um, with the Syrians, and, and, and his son ruled for two years, and then his son died from a sickness, and then his next son ruled, and he was killed, the whole family was killed out and wiped out, and the Acha was completely destroyed. Wait a second, I thought there was supposed to be three Beit Hamishdaks. What? I thought there was supposed to be three temples. Yeah. And if Hiskiyaku and 
Yaakov would have been Mashiach and David, Mashiach and Yosef, then there would have been only two. Uh, I hear, I don't know. I'll go put him, so that's what, that's, that's how I understand that. Sorry, it, that they could have made a number of renovations, what if it could be considered like a new building, like Uthus, no? It could be. So maybe the Chazal would have said, retract, and this is the third base of Uthus. Yeah. It could be. I don't know, I don't know. 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 I don't Al-Kopanim, so, that, so Ramchal's criticism of Achav was that Achav didn't live up to this expectation of Yosef. He was him in his bris. He didn't, didn't hold true to, to the idea of not marrying a foreign woman. He married Izebel and then he lost it. So the, the lotion of Ramchal, of course, was that he was him in his bris. He, he, he lost the, his bris mila. So now, in light of our understanding of who Achav was and what he was trying to do, so we can understand a little bit better why Achav would be the one to stop Kalisol from doing bris Because Achav's whole point was, in a way, he's cutting off the continuation of Kalisol by marrying Izevel. So that, it makes sense that Achav is also going to be Mavata, the midst of bris that, That's the way I understand it. Now, oh, so what, what Shaykh is bris to, to Achav's, to Achav's, to Achav's uh, goal, let's say, to, to Achav's Mabak. So the way I understand it, I just said one shot, but now I'm going to say a slightly different idea. Achav's motivation was that Achav, and, and, and under, through, through, the, through the influence of his wife, was that he wanted to replace Hashem in Klai Yisrael, or at least put alongside Hashem, the Vedazar of Baal. That, that was, a, it was a real Vedazar. We said Yerobam, he said worship Hashem in a in a in a in a deviant way. That's that's one level of Avedazar. This is an even worse level. This is for Nachash, don't don't forget about Hashem. I have, I have something else. This is a different power besides Hashem. Either besides Hashem or instead of Hashem. This is called Baal. Everyone should worship Baal instead of Hashem. That's the idea of Baal. Yeah. Yeah. The the Rajba in Chidushia Goddess, in Mesachas Brachas. The Rajba says when he's ta- he's talking about this this story over here with about about Achav and Elio and Novi we're going to speak about in, in the continuation. So the Rajba says a lot of Rishonim say this idea as well that the people who Oyvid of Vedazara the early idolaters they didn't not believe in Hashem they didn't deny the existence of Hashem they believed that Hashem is the Melech Malachim the King of all Kings. The Gemara says the Menachah stuff Kufyud. The Gemara says. That the game is to call Hashem the God of the gods. There are multiple gods. He is the God of the gods, and there's other gods as well that you can worship. That, that's how they understood. That's how they. That's how they looked at things. What? No, Rajba. I'm talking about the Rajba. The, the Rajba in Pirush Hagod. He has the, the, you know the Chidushe Rajba, like the, the the blue ones from the Seder of Cook. So there's one really really skinny one, which is skinnier than the rest of them. It's called, it's not on a specific Masechah, it's called Pirush Hagadus. And if you look there in Masechah's Brachas, I, I think it's like Daf Vav, Daf Zayin, something like that. Dibur Masel Amr Chalboy. I don't remember what Daf, I think it's Vav or Zayin. So he, he, so he says that, his talk, he talks about Elio and Ovi and the Nevi'i Abal. And he says that the people, the early idolaters, it's not that they denied Hashem, they, rather what happened was, they believed in Hashem, 
But they believe that Hashem is so lofty that He doesn't involve Himself in the world. Therefore, if I want to get anything done, so I have to appeal to other, other forces besides Hashem. That's what the, they believed. Right? So they believe that if instead of worshipping Hashem, you know, I'll worship the Baal and the Asherah or whatever and, and they'll give me what I want instead of bothering Hashem. Hashem doesn't get involved. He's, he's busy or he's whatever. Right? That, that's how they understood things. So with that understanding, the, the, this is already, the Radal sort of says this idea. The Radal says that if, if that's your view of, of how things work in the world, so then it makes sense that you wouldn't want to have a bris milah. Why? Because when you have a bris milah, you have the, the shefa that comes from the bris milah is direct. It comes straight out and it goes to exactly where it's going. Yeah? When you have uh, an, the orla, which is covering it, so first the shefa comes out and it's sort of polluted by the orla and then goes to wherever else it's supposed to go. Yeah? That's the, that's the idea of the, the, the bris milah is to be megalit and show that, that everything is coming straight exactly from the one source. As opposed to the, the, the Orla, which c- blocks it in, in some ways, and shows that everything is, there's, 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 other, there's other things that you have to pass through in order to get there. So these Ayyadi they believe that, yes, Hashem is the one, the one main power of the world, but instead of appealing to Hashem, we'll appeal to the other powers because Hashem gives us His Shafa through those other powers. So we'll appeal to the other powers instead of to Hashem. That's one point that the Radal says. So that's why these Oivdei Avodiz Zara would dafka be mavat, would dafka nullify the mitzvah of Brismila. Now, as I mentioned before, the Radal says this about Yerav and Benavat. I'm saying it about Ahav. Another point that the Radal makes is, again, about what's the connection between being Oivdei Avodiz Zara of Baal and stopping the mitzvah of Brismila. Another connection the Radal makes is like this, is the Gemara Yerushalmi in Mesech HaSavayi Shabbos the Gemara Yerushalmi says Baal Reish Kviya Hava the Baal, what was the idol of the Baal? yeah, what was it? so, so the Gemara, the, the Gemara Yerushalmi, the Talmud Yerushalmi tells us the idol of the Baal was it was a phallic form yeah, it was the form of a, of, of a man's uh, body part that's what the, that's what the form of the of the Baal is, yeah. So that's the Baal. It's interesting that also the name Baal is also interesting. What? The name Baal. Yeah. yeah and also the name Baal also has certain connotations as well. But the Gemara says that that's what the Baal was, and I, he doesn't mention this exactly. But the Ramban and Parshas Shoftim, the Ramban says that the way they would make it is they would usually plant an Asherah tree next to the Baal. That's where they so Asherah and Baal sort of they go together in in the Canaanite mythology Asherah and Baal were two gods that were married to each other Baal was the man and, and Asherah was the was the wife. Wooden whatever it was had a tree. Yeah. So so that if you look at them together, you could sort of see if if you imagine a tree and you imagine an idol in the form of a, of 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 a of a male's thing. Yeah, so you can sort of see that the tree is like the is like the foreskin, and and the idol is like is like the the main part of the of the limb. So he so the Radal says that that's why they wanted to leave the foreskin because because that's part of their religion. The, their religion was these two things together, the Baal and the Asherah. So therefore, they left the foreskin because the the, the Asherah represents the Orla. 
That's more or less what the Radal says. This is an interesting idea. Fine. That's all the introduction. So, th- so that's what it means when it says over here that the Malchus Ephraim, the kingdom of Ephraim, they know they stopped B'nai Yisrael from being Mekam in the midst of Brismila. Let's continue in, in the in the Medrash. Bu'amar Eliyahu Zochulatayv. Eliyahu Hanavi, may he be remembered for good. He got up. Vikine Kinal Gedoyla, and he got he had zealous with a great zealousy. And he swore about the heavens that the heavens should not bring down rain and dew to the land. Why? What what shaykh is rain and dew to the land? So we've spoken about also in Parak, like I actually mentioned it earlier tonight, that the rain, and let's say when you're comparing, when you look at the relationship between the rain and the field, right? So the rain is like the the sh- is the shefa that comes down to the field. The field is like the nekeva, and the rain is like the zohar of the shefa that comes down. So rain represents the shefa that Kodesh Baruch Hu brings down to Klal Yisrael. That's what it is. It comes, comes from the Shemayim comes downwards. That's the special shefa, the influence that Hashem brings down to us. So Eliyahu and Navi said, if you're going to worship the wrong, the wrong thing, you're giving, you're being mashpi, you're worshipping the Baal instead of to Hashem and you're stopping Hash- and you're doing these symbolic things that show that the Sheva doesn't come from Hashem so far Hashem will stop the Sheva from coming to that's the me that can I give you that's the Einish so the Yonavi said that's it we're stopping the rain and Chazal tells us that Hashem gave him the keys to the rain that's Gemara and Tainus Hashem gave him the keys to the rain to, to make the rain stop and there's a Medrash that says that he, 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 he bumped into Achav what does the manager say? That he bumped into Achav. There was a guy named... What's his name? The guy who built Yericho. Chiel. Chiel. A guy named Chiel. In the time of Achav, he built up Yericho, which was, was supposed to be Osir. Because right? Yeshua said you're not allowed to build it up over again. He built up Yericho, and all his kids died. So the manager says that when his last kid died... Yeah, he, the names right? the I don't remember the names, but... Akupan, the the, the manager says that when when it was the last, I think it was the last son's shiva. So Achav, the king of Israel, came to to visit him to, when he was sitting shiva, and Eliyahu and Navi also came to visit him and was sitting shiva. And this is when Eliyahu and Navi told Achav that because you guys are doing these events, we're going to stop the rain. Right? So the rain stopped, and then oh, let me see this chumash. Okay, take a chumash. It's a haftara for Parshas Kisisa. The haftara for Parshas Kisisa is, you know, there, there, there was a famine because there was no rain and that was getting really bad. Haftara for Parshas Kisisa. Malachim Aleph Perik Yudches. And the famine was getting very bad. And now, and now Achav, who is the king, and he was very, he was responsible for everything that's going on in the economic dire circumstances. You know, he wanted to do something about it. So he sends... His, he sends his, his servant, Avad Yahu, and he says, Avad Yahu, you go find Elio and Navi, and you, make, and, and, and you bring him to me. And they went, and they searched the land, whatever, and then he, he was able to, he, he ended up finding him, and, and then he summoned Elio and Navi to come to Achav, and Achav, and Achav said to him, you're, you're, you're dirtying the name of Kal Yisrael. That's what he said to Elio and Navi. And the Lord said, no, you're the one who's dirty in Kali Yisrael because you're worshipping all these other desires. And this uh, is a famous story. Eliyahu Navi challenges Achav to a duel. Not that type of duel. 
but to 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 um, at Mount Carmel when they're going to bring the you will bring sacrifices to the Baal, sacrifices to Hashem. What king of the king of the. <laughs> And, and whoever miraculously has a fire that comes down, we're going to say that we'll, that'll decide who's the real God and we'll follow that. Right? So then they do this whole ceremony, whatever, and the, 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 the Navi goes through a whole arichos about it. And at the end, the fire only comes down for Eliyahu and Navi's carbon and not for the carbon of the people of the Baal. And all the people fall down on their faces and they say, Hashem, who are they came? Hashem, who came? End of the Haftarah. That's the end of the story, right? That's not the end of the story. And then the end of the story is. The, 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 the psukim afterwards is, talk about how uh, Eliyahu and Navi said, don't worry, you, you're going to hear these funny sounds today. You know what those sounds are? That's the sound of rain that's coming. And then it says, Eliyahu and Navi daven to Hashem, and, and the rain came that day. That, that, that's, that's more or less the end of the story. You forgot about the grand slaughter. No, okay, fine. He killed all the, all the Nevi'im of the Baal. That, that's not Nagia to what we're, to what we're talking about. That's the best part of the story. <laughs> what? I, I think you told us that it didn't last. What? The, the people worshiping Hashem. Oh, oh, we're gonna get to that in a moment. So, 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 so Eliyahu Navi Davin and the rain came, and, and you know, so that, that's what it seems is the end of the story, right? So, Agav the Radal brings down that in the law, in the, the, the expression used when it says that Eliyahu Navi was praying when he wanted the rain to come, so it says, Vayosem Ponov Ben Birkov. He put his face in between his, in between his knees. That's like a way of like you know, closing yourself up and meditating in, in prayer. But Chazal understand from that that it's being Miramis to something else. What does it mean, Bain Berka between his knees? So Chazal tells us in Medrash, in the Vayikra Rabbah, Kailas Rabbah, it says that Bain Birkov is talking about, is a reference, is a veiled reference to the mitzvah of Bris Milo. And what it was was that now that the Jews accepted Hashem Hu Alekim, Hashem Hu Alekim, they re accepted upon themselves the mitzvah of Bris Milo and Decided, you know, we understand now that the Shema comes directly from Hashem, not through Baal, not through Hashem, directly from Hashem. And they reaccepted upon themselves the midst of Brismila. So Leo and every part of his tefillah was that he was saying to Hashem that just in this chus of the fact that they accepted the midst of Brismila, just that alone should justify you bringing back the rain. Because because as we said before that the rain was the fact that the, that the shepherd was going in the wrong way or going to the wrong place so now they have the prison meal again so the rain should come back fine and, and we said the rain came back now so the next part of the story is like this Vishoma Izebel Ubikshal now Izebel heard or she found out about this whole thing that Elio and Novi made this whole showdown with the, with the prophets of the Baal and the prophets of the Sher and he killed out all the prophets of the Baal like Rabbi Felder mentioned, and she decided she wants to go kill Elio and Navi now. Yeah? Now this is like six psukim later. Is is the, is already the haftarah of Parshas Pinchas? Why is this the haftarah of Parshas Pinchas? Because Elio and Navi is Pinchas. Chazal understand that Elio and Navi is Pinchas. So we're going to see a, a, a connection between Pinchas and what's going to happen to Elio and Navi now. Uh, so, so, so who is the wife of Achav, she decides she wants to kill Eliyahu Novi. Now, because Izebel uh, wants to kill Eliyahu Novi, this is where the Radal explains it. Now Eliyahu Novi is scared because he's saying, "What's going to happen if she kills me? She's going to bring back the worship of the Baal and Asherah to Kal Yisrael, and then they're going to stop doing bris milah again, and then all my efforts are going to go to waste." So Eliyahu Novi is very scared. He doesn't know what to do. He's, not, he's very, you know, he's, he, he, he put in so much effort. 
Okay, so what happens? Omar Elio got up and he was praying in front of Hashem. Omar, he was doubting, Hashem, help me out. What am I supposed to do over here? Omar, Loi, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Hashem said to him, Are you better than your forefathers? What does that mean? Esav, Bikesh, Es Yaakov, Lahargoi. Esav wanted to kill Yaakov Avinu. He was requesting Yaakov to kill him. Because Esav said to himself, you know, soon my father's going to die and then I'm going to kill my, my brother Esav. So what happened? And Yaakov ran away from him and he was saved. It says in the Pasuk, Yaakov ran away to the field of Aram, which is the opening words of the Haftarah for Ashkenazim of Parshat Yetzeg. Right? So Yaakov, Yaakov, Esau came to kill Yaakov, you know, and Yaakov ran away and he was saved. Paro wanted to kill, requested Moshe Rabbeinu to kill him. Moshe Rabbeinu ran away from him and he was saved. It says that Moshe ran away from in front of Paro. Shol King Saul, he wanted to kill David. Ubarach David Milfan of Vinimat and David Malch ran away from him and he was saved. Shemar, Vidavid Barak Vimoit. David ran away and he was saved. Lamelcha, all of this is to teach you. Shukal Mishu Vayach Nimlat. It's come to teach you. Anyone who runs away from people who are trying to kill him, that's how he's gonna get saved. So Hashem says to Eliyahu, you're scared that Ezekiel's coming to kill you and it's gonna reverse all, all the things that you did. So run away! You're, you're, are you better than your forefathers? Yaakovin ran away from Esau. Meshavin ran away from Parai. Dovinach ran away from Shol. They ran away and they were saved. So you should do the same thing. Run away from them and run away from Ezekiel and you'll get saved. Fine. Omar Elio. Elio got up. Uvorach me'eretz Yisrael. V'nimat. And he ran away from Eretz Yisrael and he got saved. Shinamar, as it says in the Pasuk, it says in the Pasuk, Vayokom Vayeichal Vayishta, he got up and he ate and he drank. And the continuation of the Pasuk says, And he was able to walk with the power of that eating and drinking for 40 days and 40 nights at Harhalikim Kharev until he got to the mountain of Hashem. In Chorev, he got he went to Har Sinai. Uh, Elio Novi he, he ran away and he went to Har Sinai, and he went to Har Sinai and Nigla Olav Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Hakadosh Baruch Hu revealed himself to him. and Hashem said to him, Malachafay Eliyahu, what are you doing here, Elio? What, what, what did you come to to tell me? Amalai. So Elio Novi said to him, Kinesi, I have become very zealous. The, the full Russian of the Pasuk is I become zealous to Hashem, the master of the legions Because the Jews, the Jews have forsaken your bris So he came to Hashem to, uh, uh, One second So, so Elior Navi comes to Har Sinai He's running away from Ezebel He comes to Har Sinai And Hashem says, what are you doing here? And he says, I'm complaining to Hashem That Klai Yisrael have forsaken bris milah now the way we're understanding it is at this point, because I, I think for understood because he ran away, and it seems like people are gonna people are gonna 
what's it called? People are going to go back to the old religion of the Baal and Asherah and they're not going to do bris mila anymore. So he's telling Hashem, I'm very zealous that they've forsaken your bris, the mitzvah of bris mila. Fine. So that's what Elior Novi says to Hashem. And if you look in the Psukim, so in the Psukim, the answer is not really so, so clear what Hashem says back to him. He says, Hashem says back to him a few things. Well, Hashem told him to run away. Right, no, Hashem, right, fine. The manager told him, Hashem told him to run away. But, but then he's saying, now he's complaining, it seems like he's complaining to Hashem that the Jews aren't keeping the, the mitzvah of Bismillah. The, the continuation of the passage is, Your altars they destroyed, and your prophets they killed with a sword. And I alone have remained, and they're searching out my soul to take it, to, to kill me. So Hashem says to him, well, the answer is like this. First of all, go get, get away from the desert. Go, we're talking about, I didn't bring my map with me. But if I had my map with me, I would show you. We're talking about Har Sinai, which is in the Sinai Peninsula. Hashem says to him, okay, get out of here. Go, go back. Go to Damascus in Syria and anoint Chazoel as the king of Aram, as the Syrian king over there. That's one thing. You have to be a to Israel to get to Syria. Yeah, so I don't know how he would do it. Maybe go around from the, from the Ever Yard, then uh, from the from the, over the east east part of the east bank of the Jordan. I don't know. And then he says, and go find this guy Yehu ben Nimshi, who he he's gonna he and, and anoint him as the king of Israel, and he's gonna go and kill out the family of Ahav, and Elisha ben Shaphat. Your student Elisha ben Shafat, anoint him as the navi after you, and I'm going to take. And then Hashem says, "Whoever is going to survive the sword of Chazal, the king of Syria, that you're going to anoint, Syria is going to come and attack Israel. They're going to devastate them. Then whoever is left over, Yehu, the new king of Israel, he's going to destroy them. And whoever he doesn't destroy, Elisha, the, the navi after you, is going to destroy them. And Hashem says to him, "V'yishayti b'Israel shiva salafim." I'm going to re- leave remaining in Kali Yisrael 7,000 people. All the people, that, all the knees that didn't bow down to the Baal and all the mouths that didn't kiss the Baal. There's going to be 7,000 people are going to remain in the kingdom of Yisrael. Now people have a lot of difficulty with that because that means what it sounds like from this Pasuk is that only 7,000 people in the entire Machus of Yisrael didn't worship the Baal. Only 7,000 people. And those people are going to be surviving. Everyone else is going to be killed either by Chazal, by Yehu, or by Elisha. That's what it sounds like from the Pesukim. Now, I, I don't really want to get into this, and I just decided to, to speak about this right now, but um, a, a, a lot of sources want to say that, in, you know, in the, in the academic world there's this idea that the worship of the Baal was something that's like traditionally accepted in Judaism. Like Judaism was like originally some sort of polytheistic religion, and they want to say that this guy Yehu, who came to kill all uh, all the worshippers of the Baal, so he was really the first one who started. The, the, it was like a ref- reformation that they worshipped Hashem instead of like Baal and Asherah as well. That's what that's how the academic world looks at it. Which you could you you could support such a notion from Tanakh, but it's not really true. Because if you look, when it says by Yehu that he, that he killed all the, all the people who worshipped the Baal, it says that he got everyone to come to one temple, they filled up one temple, and he, killed all, and he had his attendants outside guarding it, and he got everyone to come, and they killed all the people that were in the temple. 
So what, what we learn from that, Rav Isaac Sher makes this point, and uh, Rav Victor Miller b- brings down this point as well, and the Darius Rishonim brings down this point, a lot of people make, make this point. It says, all the people who worshipped the Baal filled up one temple. So obviously it wasn't all the Jews, it wasn't all of, all of the people of Malchus Yisrael, right? So the question is, what does it mean, Shiva Salafim, that Hashem said, I'm going to let remain 7,000 people, those are the knees that didn't bow down to the Baal and the mountains that didn't kiss the Baal. Only 7,000 people didn't? So how do you understand that Pasuk? So the people want to say that these, it means 7,000 people that, that allowed everyone, 7,000 people that they complained about the worshippers of the Baal. Not everyone worshipped, but not everyone didn't worship, didn't, specifically didn't worship. The people were neutral about it. And, and Hashem is saying that these 7,000 people were the ones that, that tried to get people to stop doing it. That's more or less the, the, the pshat that they want to say. But the Radal over here says that, no, these 7,000 people, is talking about the 7,000 people that were meka- continued to be Mekayim in the midst of bris milah. Being, it, it, somehow, it, even though there, not everyone was even of Zara, but it somehow became socially unacceptable to do mitzvah of bris milah anymore. And then there was only 7,000 people that continued it. it, it, it 7,000 men. 7,000 men, yeah. Not kids, not women. Yeah. That's one aspect of Hashem's answer. This was like a practical thing. How we're going to get, we're going we're gonna to get rid of all these people worshipping Nepal. You know, anoint this guy Chazol, the king of Syria, uh, anoint Yehu, king of Yisrael, to wipe them out, and then anoint Elisha as the Navi after you, and then Hashem says, and you I'm going to take away. Basically, Elio and Novi, I'm taking you away from this world. But, fine. The Medrash is going to say, is going to add to what Hashem's answer was. You're always zealous. You were zealous at Shittim because of Gilearias. This is referring back to Parshas Balak Pinchas, where um, Cosby Ben Sur had relations with with Zimri, who was the Nasi of Shimon, had relations with Kazbi Basur, who was the, the Nasi, one of the Nasiim of Midian, the Midianite woman, right? And Pichas came with a spear and he killed him on the spot, right? It's called Kanaim Pagimbai. So Hashem is telling Elio Novi, you, who's Elio Novi slash Pinchas, right? You are always a Kanoi, you're always zealous. Kidisabashitim Agilearias, you are zealous over Hashem's covet. At Shittim over the topic of Gilearites. Shinamar Pinchas ben Elazar ben Gaimar. Pinchas ben Elazar ben Aaron Akayin. Koyas Kinasi ve Seichamar Belechlisis ben Esau ben Kinasi. Right? That's the beginning of the Parshas Pinchas. That Hashem says that Pinchas was a Kanoi. The Kanat and the Kanai. And here too, you're also a Kanoi. You're being, you, 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 you're a Kanoi for, for the midst of Brismila. Chayava she'en Yisrael oisin Brismila ash ata roya be'inacha. I swear that Klai are not going to do a bris milah until you see it. Yeah. Now, there's two ways to understand w- what, what the Medrash is saying over here. Either it's, it's, it, the Medrash is, is criticizing Elio Anavi, or it's praising him. Hashem is saying, ah, you're such a kanoi. You know, there's no reason to really say that Klai are going to stop doing bris milah. That They didn't really stop doing it right now. Stop, you're just being a kanoi about it. So I'm giving you kibiyachal and oinish. That every time they're going to do a bris milah, you're going to have to be there and you're going to watch the Hashem, you're going to watch every bris milah and see, no, Chal is always going to keep to bris milah. 
That's one way of reading, looking at the, the, the Medrash. The other way of reading it is Hashem is saying the exact opposite. Hashem is saying, Ah, oh, you are so zealous of my covenant by, by, by Pimchas, by, by Gilead Arias and Shittim, and over here that people stop doing Brisbane, you're so, you, you, you're so zealous of my covenant, so I swear that I'll give you the opportunity, the chance that every time there's a Brisbane, you get invited and you come to visit. The, 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 the Drisha in uh, the Jewish is a Pirish on the tour. The Jewish in Yerdea Simon Reish Samachay Sivkot and Chafay in Hilchos Brismila. What? No. The, the, the question is, is, is saying yeah. Is it a klaler? Is, is, is like a klaler? Is a bracha? Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. So the Jewish he's mesupik which way to read it. He wants to say more that it's nine, not a shvach. But you can read it both ways. The, the Radal also wants to say that it's a shvach, uh, gnai. Okay, so let me. So, so somebody once said, somebody once said an interesting idea. Said that in in all in in the entire forty years, you have six hundred thousand people, six hundred thousand Jewish males in the in the midbar for forty years. How many acts of canals did you see there? One. Who killed them? I don't know. At least in, in, the, in, in, in what's written in the in the Chumash, at least you only have one act of Kanos. That tells you. That, that that's about the right ratio for Kanos. One act of Kanos for six hundred thousand people in forty years. That, that's like the right ratio. That's that's what's needed. So to, a, a person who's too much of a Kanoi is is very bad. To not be Kanoi Machal is also bad. There has to be some sort of balance. And it seems that this the, 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 uh huh. But at least, I'm saying, at least what, what the Torah reveals to us, the calls it an act of Kanos. Yeah. So, in, in a way, Kanos is a, it, it's a good thing because it, it keeps to the ideals and, and helps us focus on what, what our goals are, really. But in a way, it's a bad thing because it's, it's bringing out the bad parts, you know? Like the Kanoim in Yerushalayim that burn tr- garbage and whatever over every little, uh, uh, over every little issue. You know, some, there's, there's, a, there's an Indian called you have to pick your battles. So, so in, in, you, could, you could read the Menorah just saying that Hashem is criticizing him. He's saying, ah, you're always such a Kanoi. You're a Kanoi over there in Shittim. Now you're a Kanoi over here by Brismila. You know, so I swear that you're going to have to see every Brismila. You're going to be part of it. Simon, so, an interesting thing that Pinchas, it says in the passage, in this past week's parasha, it says, Elazar, the son of Aaron, he married Mibnois Putiel from the daughters of Putiel, and he had a son. He had a son named Pinchas. So who's Putiel? So it's Machlik is a Chazal. Who Putiel is? Either it means Yisrael or it means Yosef. So if it means Yosef, so we can understand why it means Yosef, because Pinchas is a continuation of Yosef, because he was trying to. He was trying to ensure the continuation of Chal Yisrael. That's why he was a Kanoi when this 
Zimri married the non, had relations with a non-Jewish woman, he was destroying the Ketirish of Kal Yisrael, so Pinchas was a Kanai, he had to put, that, put a stop to that. And over here, they're, they're stopping bris milah, where we have to oppose, right, which is the continue, which represents the idea of Yisrael, the continuation of Kali Yisrael, and we have to put a stop to Ahav and, and, his, and his ideas, so Eliyahu was Novi was a, was a Kanai again, the same person, the same Kanai, against the same idea. Chazal tells the Kehanim Kaptonim him. That's the same idea, maybe. Akupanim five. Mikan hiskinu chachamim shiyu oisin meishav kavod lamalach abris. From here, chachamim made a takana that you should make a, a a seat of glory for Eliyahu Zal shenikar malach abris. That's the gears of the the Yalkut, the Radabins from the Yakut. That we, the Chazal made a takana, made a made a, a decree, an institution that we should put a seat of honor for the Elio Novi for the Malach Bris at every Bris Milah. You put a chair and they put the kid down on the chair and they say, "Say Novi right, etc." Right. So we make a special seat and say, "Oh, this is the seat of Elio Novi," because the Medrash tells us that Elio Novi comes to every single Bris. And Hashem made, made this thing that swore that Elio Novi is going to come to every Bris. Then there's an interesting discussion that the Maril brings down that you're not supposed to use that chair. And the Oracle Shulchan says that Dafka the Minig is that the Sadak sits on the chair of Eliyahu Novi. There's different Minhagim exactly. I don't want to get into that. There's another Nukuda that, that the Shulchan Aruch, some an interesting point that the Shulchan Aruch in your idea, Simarish Samaches, Sifir Aleph, when he brings down this idea of putting a chair by the, by the seat. By by the by the Prismila. so the lashon of shulchanach is the noyagin. It's a custom to do such a thing. It's a minig. It's like a noyagin to do such. We're accustomed to doing such a thing. But if you hear in the Medish, it sounds like hiskino chachamim. The the rabbis made it. It's like a decree. It's an institution. It's like a, an Indian drabana to do it. And the shulchanach says like it's a, it's a minig. It sort of lightens the the lashon. Yeah, Shinama, as it says in the Pasuk, Umalach Abris Asheratem Chafeitzim, Heneva. The the Malach Abris, the. the one second, one second. Let me just finish the line. What? This, this, this idea of making a chair for Eliyahu Novi, setting aside a chair for Eliyahu Novi by a bris is just. Not every basic Knesset, every time you're making a bris. You're supposed to set aside a chair for Elio and Navi. So the Shulchanach says it's a minik. Over here it sounds like it's a takana. Okay, whatever. Shema says the Pasuk, O Malach Abris, Ashertem Chafesim, Hinevol Vigaymer. The Malach Abris, the angel of the covenant that you're, that you're desiring him, he may, behold, he's coming. And the Medrash ends off over here with a, with a prayer that I think we can all relate with. The God of Israel, Yachish, Riyavi, Vechayenu, Mashiach, Lanachamenu. He should calculate and bring in our lifetime the Messiah in order to console us. V'chadesh levavenu, and he should renew our hearts. Shenemah says in the pasuk, V'heishiv levavos albonim v'goymer. He's going to return the hearts of the of the fathers to the sons, and the sons to the fathers. And it's the second, the last two pesukim in the haftar of Shabbos Agadol. Says Hine enechi sheleich lachem es Eliyahu Hanavi. Behold, I'm sending to you Eliyahu the prophet, which is Eliyahu Hanavi, because. Whatever in the time of Bayis Rishon, so they had three letters of Hashem's name. So everyone, Chizkiyahu, everyone, and Yud Hey Vav. In the time of Bayis Sheni, which is this is Sefer Malachi. In the time of Bayis Sheni, 
So they only had two letters of Hashem's name. So Eliyah is the same as Eliyahu from previously. That's what Reuven Ragolis says in one of his forms. Yeah, Chizkiyahu and Chizkiyahu is the same thing. Right. So he he Behold, I'm going to send you Eliyahu Hanavi, Eliyahu Prophet. Lifnei ba yaim Hashem haGadavanera. Before the day of Hashem, the great and powerful day of Hashem that's going to come, I'm going to send Eliyahu Hanavi, and he's going to be Heishiv leVavis Albanim veLeBanim laVaisam. Everyone's going to return and do tshuva to Hashem, and then Mashiach is going to be the way for Mashiach is going to be paved, and then we'll. See the arrival of the Messiah and the rebuilding of the Holy Temple. May it come speedily in inner days. Amen. What? So in the first verse, because you had three letters. Three letters. In the second one, they had two. So in the third one, they're going to have four letters. Oh, I don't know. So, first verse, three. The second one, two. Uh, okay. Yeah,